0: Welcome back to Infinity Circuit Radio. My name is Alex. And I'm Wes. All right. Today we're talking Yunari, Reclaim the Galaxy. Wow. Um, Yunari, it's been a wild ride. There have been insane highs, insane lows, um, and now I think we're somewhere in the middle. I think we're in a really good place with Yunari, and I'm really excited to talk about them today. Yeah, they've
1: they've really done something quite interesting with this now, uh, and I think just makes it a lot more accessible and less of a crazy uh, play style that they they came out
0: with originally. It's uh, I think it's pretty good. I do too. Um, I think I think what happened with Unari is they started off as they came out insanely strong out of the gate. I think that was probably the most powerful army there had ever been in 40k at the end of seventh edition. It was bonkers uh, with all the out of phase actions and all of that kind of stuff but um, so they went from being the Eldar faction and they kind of it sort of rolled over into 8th edition and in Index Hammer and um, the early 8th ed Eldar codex and then that all got taken away with that white dwarf article codex which w- which was a shame um, and Psychic Awakening didn't really do anything for them either. I guess that was more of their official release. It came out in The White Dwarf, and then it came out in Phoenix Rising. But here we are, with a proper 9th edition set of rules, and I'm actually really, really happy. I think this thematically does what Yanari should do, in terms of putting an army together.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it, it's actually quite a, a nice way that they've gone for it in the end. It's, it's probably the simplest of the options. Yeah, uh, Where they've just essentially just treated it as a craft world, although we know it's not a craft world. They've treated it in terms of rules as a craft world, and it just allows you to pull in anything, pretty much, for the entire uh, Eldari range, which is phenomenal. Like, just the Eldari stuff on its own, like the Azurani stuff is huge, and then when you add the harderquins and then you add Dracarion into that as well, that's just so many options you've got available to you.
0: I think so, too, and um, I think we'll hit on this right now. Um, this... This seems like a little bit of a tangent, but it's not just the general reaction to the Eldar Codex, uh, the Eldari Codex in general. Um, People, I think, were expecting this to be some bonkers, break-the-game codex, and honestly, it could have been. I I think if the points were different, it could have been, but I think people were a little bit taken aback by, wow, this thing is really good, but it's really restrained. It's It's a finesse army, and that's what it should be.
1: And yeah, I think restrained the word, actually. When you, when you started talking there, restrained
0: yeah. popped into my head at that point. Then, and I think that's the, uh, that's the word to use with this. And I think that's always been the issue with Eldar is that, um, you know, with Azuriani, is that they when they hit the sweet spot in terms of game mechanics, uh, you know, where everything operates as it should, what, what has happened in the past has been too cheap, but now it's expensive. But I feel like, just from my playtesting experience, this is where it should be.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, and, I, I agree. And, um, I, so, I think with those sort of tempered reaction that there's been to the Eldar Codex in general, the Inari, you know, just sort of in relation to that tempered reaction, have have been met with a lukewarm reception. And I think once people really start to sink their teeth into this book, they'll see how good Yunari really are. And I think the strength of it is the data sheets that they can pull from and throw that all into a single detachment. I think in terms of army construction, they have, they're have they more cohesive than Azryani. I think they're a, yeah. a simpler, better... I think you can cram more stuff simpler and more efficiently into a Yanari detachment than you can into a craft world detachment. Yeah, you really can. And just to pick up some things you
1: said there, I think the thing with the the Yanari stuff is that um, the attributes, like the craft world attribute, and I know it's not a craft world, but the craft world type attribute that it has is not as overtly powerful as the other ones that are available. Yeah. But I think where the balance comes from that is if it was that strong, And you could pick from absolutely pretty much anything in the Eldari lineup, it would be a bit bonkers. I think this is a good compromise of having access to a huge catalogue of models um, and units to use with a pretty good um, attribute.
0: Yeah, and I think where that would have come into effect is with the stratagems, because once you get those, you know, the plus one to hit once you start losing models and then you stack the reroll one stratagems on top of it, it, I think it would have gotten really, really crazy. And with like autarchs and core and all that kind of stuff, I think it it could get nuts like really, really quick. You know, I remember people were like disappointed with the dark angels book when it came out and I guess their durability is the main thing. But to me, the, the bonus to hit is huge, absolutely huge. And with fights first, I know people are like, eh, fights last is better, but you have fights last on top of that. So you have easy access to fights last, fights first across the board. I feel like there is a lot of play. Um, But I will say that, you know, you have to do different things with Yanari. Like it favors bigger size squads and things like that. And and the craft world elements, when you look at them, you know, at first blush, you want to go MSU with them. But actually, I think you get a ton of mileage out of larger sized units. I'm thinking like Dire Avengers, Howling Banshees, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, the The larger squad sizes benefit a lot, a lot from this because you know if you if you've got a squad of like ten Dire Avengers and you pop one off or two off, then you know it actually becomes significantly stronger than when it had those models on previously.
0: Yeah, and I think it's more of like a turn, t- uh, like a second turn. Army where everything starts to really kick off, but I mean, with units like wave serpents being able to ferry those big big units, you should be able to endure turn one with Yanari, um, and deploy stuff. And it, like, say you go first turn one, you're able to deploy stuff, let off some opening salvos, but once you you know establish your your board presence their offense is going to kick up significantly in turn two, which I think is really cool. And I feel like it makes units like Dire Avengers, which are a little bit, people look at them and be like, wow, they're really good, but what's the build for them? I think this might be the build for them. Yeah, yeah, really, really is. Should we have a look at the rules for it? Yeah, definitely.
1: So, so I think uh, the thing to note with this is that Unari in this book are treated as if they're a craft world. Yep. Um we know they're not a craft world, but in terms of like the keywords and stuff, they it takes the place of a craft world, which comes quite uh, important when you read some of this stuff later. Mm-hmm. Um so they've got their own like two pages to to cover um how you build a Unari army. Um uh, so have, do you want to go through those now?
0: Yeah, yeah, let's let's dive into that.
1: Okay, so I'll I'll read off then a craft world detachment that is uh from a unari can also include Harlequins, a Kapal Drakari uh, Witch Cult, Shikari uh, Incubi units and Scourge units see Code of but for each of these units it, um, it includes it must include one Azurani unit with the same battlefield role a Unari detachment that includes any of these units in this way is considered to be an Azurani detachment but has the following additional rules so something to take home tonight is that um, when you're building Yunari it's, uh, you, you take from craft worlds but then, for every so craft world troop unit you have, you can include a Drakari or Harlequins unit uh, to match that. Similarly, if you have a, a fast attack unit from uh, Azurani, you can include uh, one uh, Drakari Harlequins one to, to go alongside that. Yeah. So at least 50% of your Unari army will be uh, from the Azurani side of the house.
0: And I and I personally like it. I feel like craft worlds are a nice backbone for Unari. And I think that uh I think they get a lot out of the troops. I'm thinking like Rangers and Harlequin uh players, perfect combination. I don't really think that's too much of a handicap. So and I and I think that keeps it nice and thematic and I like GW sort of enforcing the theme rule. I'm not a huge fan of, you know, some of the Force Org charts and paying command points and not being able to sort of build things, you know, having the slots that you really need. But I, yeah. I, I like the way that this works. Say you threw away the Force Org chart, I'd still like the way this works. I wouldn't feel handicapped by it.
1: No, it's same, same. So going on to the next uh, thing that we've got, Harlequins and Trikara units, included in the Unironi detachment, lose the Sadath, Cabal, or Witch Cult's faction keywords if they had one. And gain the Unari faction keyword. Note that because the Unari keyword is considered to be a replacement for the Craft World keyword, these units will gain Craft World attributes uh, on page 84. So, with that, you're losing the, the Cabal, uh, uh, Witch Cult, and Sadath parts, but you're going to gain the, the Unari aspect.
0: Yep, uh, really straightforward. This is. Uh Makes a lot of sense. There's no real issues here. The psyker thing, uh, which is like the next bullet point, there's been some questions about that. Tom in our Facebook group was asking us about this, and while it's not 100% crystal clear, I feel like you could really glean the intent here. Um, you know, our psychers cannot know any powers from the Runes of Fate discipline, but can know powers from the Revenant discipline. Instead of one other discipline, they have access to. For example, when gathering psychic powers or generating psychic powers for a Unari model, you can select powers from the Revenant and or uh, Runes of Fortune discipline, but never from the Runes of Fate discipline. And, and, and the key part right here is instead of one other discipline they have access to, if you didn't have access to your natural discipline, like the Harlequin psychic tree, it would say it right here. Um, yeah. So, you know, just that's my read on it. Uh, there might be an faq on that maybe not but i wouldn't worry about it it's pretty clear the intent here is take yeah. your harlequin psychic powers yeah take your harlequin psychic powers or you can take the uh uh the revenant psychic powers
1: with the harlequins as well
0: yeah whichever you know whichever works for you and i really like shadow seers and a Yanari uh detachment so yeah it's
1: nice <clears throat> so, uh, Harlequin transport models in a Unari detachment lose every instance of the Sedath keyword uh, from their transport ability on their datasheets. Uh, Yunari Harlequins cannot be given pivotal roles, and Yunari Drukara units cannot be given Lords of and the favoured retinues upgrades.
0: Yep, so no Trueborn. No, no blood Trueborn,
1: rides. Yeah, and you you can't do your Tune Your Own Adventure in terms of the Troopmaster. Uh, Which is a little bit of a hit because, you know, there's some really powerful things that you can do in there. But uh, I think the the base datasheet is still pretty powerful. And then with gaining that uh, ability to um, fight first, then uh, I think that's quite nice.
0: Yeah, I do too. I do too. But then here's the sad part. This is the part I definitely don't like. Um, You cannot include any Phoenix Lord bottles. Straight up, all the Phoenix Lords are pro-Yunari. It was in the Gathering Storm book. They all showed up on BL10. and were like, yo, get with the program. <laughs> Yunari are the real deal. Check out that avatar over there. She's real happy. <laughs> um, no Corsair units. Makes nope. zero sense. Zero sense. She lives on a Corsair ship. Evrain lives on a Corsair ship. She is a Corsair. Yeah, and if you uh, just to rub a little bit of salt into that,
1: uh, there, Alex. If you turn to page one eight seven, uh, <laughs> there's a picture of your brain uh, accompanied by Corsairs. But anyway,
0: <laughs> yeah, and they all went to the uh, same boutique where the Vizarch got all of his uh, fine apparel. So um, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. I mean, thematically, uh, narratively. I mean, the Corsairs and Yunari go hand in hand. The Corsair, uh, the Yunari travel around in Corsair ships. That's how they get around. So, just, I don't know. Maybe that was a mistake. Um, hopefully that gets fixed in an FAQ or something like that. But just, Corsairs should, in my opinion, Corsairs should be dedicated troops for Yunari. You should be able to take them as Yunari troops, gain objective secured, la 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 I think that would actually do a lot for Yunari as a faction I think that would make them really really unique and give them a lot of play especially with those Corsair Seers having access to so many different powers
1: yeah I think it would be really interesting too while the Corsairs can't fulfill the um, the compulsory slots in the troops I think for Yunari it would have been a nice turnaround to, if they could have fulfilled the compulsory slots of troops yeah
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, we we'll, we've we've uh, we've privately done that soapbox quite a bit, so uh yeah, oh, <laughs> we'll, yeah. We'll, skip, we'll skip on for that one. But yeah. Uh so transports, uh, essentially, uh Azurani can go in Azurani transports, Dukari can go in Dukari transport, Harlequins can go in Harlequin transports, vizark and Urane can go in any of them.
0: Which is cool. I it, there's a lot of interesting things you could do, especially with the uh with the Vizark going in various transports like i really like him in a star weaver actually yep
1: yeah. yeah if, if yes yeah, it's, it's nice having those options and stuff and you could you could build the your army to the flavor that you want so if you want to go heavy you know uh, as your army stuff you can have like heavier tanks transporting around or if you want to go more the harlequin's jakai route then you can have the, the skimmer boats which uh, would look really cool
0: yeah yeah definitely
1: So, Murderers and Mercenaries. So, if you're going to take Incubi or Scourge, then you have to pay a bit of a tax. Uh, For Incubi, you have to pay an extra four points per model, and Scourge, you pay an extra
0: two points per model. Didn't really feel like this was necessary. Um, Four points a uh, month... Four-point bump to Incubi is ridiculous. Um, But it is what it is, and Scourge didn't need a points increase at all. I mean, who's taken... Ten man units of scourge, especially because you get capped on the amount of special weapons you can take, anyways. But oh well, uh, I don't really think that that's the the move, anyways. Um, well, I mean, I would have really liked to have incubi and banshees in the same detachment. I think that would have been really, really powerful and cool. Maybe too powerful. Maybe two points a model increase for incubi. But at the end of the day, I didn't really feel like it was necessary at all. No, I um, I, I'm.
1: Just because the cool factor of it, I am planning on having a, yeah, a large squad of incubi with uh,
0: the Vizark. Oh yeah, because they just look cool together. They do, they do, and I actually think that despite them being really pretty expensive, it's actually really effective. Yeah, yeah, they really are. They really are.
1: Okay, so should we talk about the attribute itself?
0: Yeah, yeah. Strength from Death. At the start of the fight phase, if a unit with this attribute is within engagement range of any enemy units, it can fight first that phase. Um, it's worth noting that fights last still trumps this, but with so much access to fights last, like we said, um, kind of balances itself out. You know, a couple of units of Banshees banging around, the rest of your combat elements are fighting first. That's a big tactical advantage. Yep. And uh, each time an attack is made by a model with this attribute, if that model's unit is below its starting strength, add one to the attack's hit roll. So this naturally favors larger units that could absorb some casualties. So I think this is really powerful. Hitting on twos with some of the large units of aspect warriors, dire avengers, fire dragons, really, really good. Yep
1: yeah it's yeah if if you're going to go with this yeah i think definitely i'm normally an m s u kind of guy but I think this really does favor having larger units to to really
0: maximize on the potential yeah big units of win riders too you, you know sort of like nine man units of win riders really solid
1: yeah. it's a psychological factor as well of your opponent knowing that if they don't destroy the unit in one shot, it's only going to get more powerful once you are uh, which you've lost a couple of models.
0: And I feel like that's a really simplified way of representing the Unari's strength from death on the on the board. Um, I thought that was a really good move. And honestly, they could just sort of keep this as the Unari thing going forward, and I would be fine with it, um, you know, in future codexes, fu- future additions and whatnot, because I feel like just the army construction rules are what make Yanari shine. I'd just like to see them have, like, more relics, more unique units, mm. stuff like that, and just keep building out from here.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, so, the Warlord traits.
0: Yeah, at this, so, Yeah, go for it, buddy. Okay,
1: Okay. so Warlord of Souls, at the start of your command phase, this Warlord regains uh, one lost wound, uh, which is, you know, just... Adding adding a wound that you've lost every turn is quite nice. Uh, When the Warlord is selected selected fight, if any enemy units within engagement range of this Warlord are below starting strength, until the end of that phase, add one to the Warlord's strength and attack characteristic.
0: Really good. I'm thinking with the Visarch, because he regains wounds through his sword and stuff like that, adding attacks. Really, really solid. He can get out of hand really quick, especially ignoring invulnerable saves like he does. Like, we'll get into that once we get into him. Yep. But really solid. Okay, and the
1: the relic is the Lost Shroud, Unori module only. Each time an attack is allocated to the bearer, subtract one from the damage characteristic of that attack to a minimum of one. If that attack has an unmodified characteristic of one, add one to the armor save roll, um, armor save throw made against that attack
0: it's okay Um, this was a spicy relic when you could take it on wraith seers Um, you know kind of I guess it would be sort of unnecessary now although technically uh, at this point in time the wraith seer still doesn't have minus one damage No. so I don't know Eldar characters are so squishy if they, if some of them had the damage caps that like, Phoenix Lords have and you stack a minus one, I don't know. I just don't really feel like this relic does too, too much.
1: No, like I say, like, I think most of our characters start with five wounds. Yeah. So uh, I, it can make a difference, but I,
0: I think there are better options available in the Codex itself. I do too i I just feel like once your characters start taking wounds, they're pretty much dead <laughs> like yeah. if you, if you take wounds like because they're typically going up against something like pretty juicy yeah. um like if you're in a fight with I can't even imagine like what the combo would like what the matchup would be where this would sort of be relevant. so no. I don't really think it's a very good relic. I mean it's not a bad relic. I just don't think it it just doesn't do anything for me. Uh, no, no, me either. Eh? Um, stratagem, not too good either. Um, use the stratagem when a unit from your army is selected to shoot or fight. So at the end of that phase, each time a model in that unit makes an attack that targets a unit that was below half strength, when that model's unit was selected to shoot or fight, add one to the attack's wound roll. I mean, it's so situational, and with the offense of especially the craft world elements and the harlequin units being what they are it feels like plus one to wound kind of overkill at that point if they're below half strength like I don't really know because I mean what do you go like the game is so MSU right now I just don't yeah. know I don't know I, I I guess we'll have to see maybe something against like in the new Tyranid book or something like that this might be helpful but I don't know yeah it- this one
1: seems a bit of a mess really yeah because people take like 5 man units a lot of the time so you have to kill 3 then you're not going to use this to try and kill 2 extra models Um, maybe it would be nice if it it had like an additional thing for like titanic units or something um, or monsters maybe if you got down to half wounds and making them easier to finish off I don't know
0: yeah I'm thinking like maybe like a unit of swooping hawks versus a big unit of like gaunts or something like that, yeah. or um, big unit of admec infantry, and you're attacking them with strength four weapons, and then all of a sudden you're wound like you know t three, you're wounding on twos, something like that. I mean, yeah. it, it's situationally useful, I think, when you really, really need to take something out. It's more of like a desperation play, but um, it's not horrible but there could have been something a lot more interesting i would have loved to see an advance in charge um yeah
1: or even if that, that half strength thing wasn't in it that'd be a nice strap
0: yeah like a, just a plus one to wound yeah
1: yeah the fact that we're having to scrub around to find uh good situations for it probably is indicating that it's not the best but yeah. we still have plenty of other stratagems available to you uh Yourself anyway, so you're gonna have access to all the Azurani,
0: Jakari, and uh Harlequin's ones. Yeah, so there's a lot of there's a lot of juice right there. So, yes. you know, it's nothing to really tear your hair out against uh about. So, you know, like what most of the book, like any like like most of the stuff in this book, if there are issues, they're sort of just like little niggling issues, or not. You know, it's nothing to get like too worked up about because I'm still yeah. excited about Unarius, despite the fact that they're. Uh, Warlord trait, relic, and stratagem aren't particularly exciting.
1: Yeah, because for me, it's it's more about the fact that the options you have available to you for, for building the army. Yes. Um,
0: that is where the the power is going to come in from. Yeah. Um, it, this is an army that's all about list building, and I think into data sheet combinations and. The fact that you can, tr- I think you can cover your bases with the Unari army way better than you can with just a pure craft worlds because Harlequins plug so many gaps. Um, so like I was saying, uh, you know, I wish I had an advanced and charge stratagem like they did in their original codex, and I think they should, especially for their bikes. But guess what? Instead of taking shining spears, you can take Skyweavers and boom—you've got advance in charge. You got harlequins advance in charge. You can really like if there's like a game mechanic that you need for your play style. All you got to do is just look through the data sheets. You don't—it's not about stratagems, warlord traits, and relics, uh, especially no. with Unari. The strength of Unari is being able to pick from a whole
1: host of things that you need. For... Yeah, cool. Should we uh, move on to the warlords' traits and just have a quick touch on that on page one one nine? Yes. Uh, so you've got the name characters. So you've got uh, the Visarch. He can take the walk of many paths. And that's the uh, once per turn you can re-roll one hit, one wound, uh, or one damage roll made with that Warlord. Oh, right, right, right. He doesn't have access to the other one. My bad. No. Yeah. And then you've got uh, Yevrain, which is the Warden of Souls, uh, which is on page 92. Yep. So that that is the Yunari one. That's, that's the Unari one, yeah. So... She has the the Unari one, so that's uh, uh, gaining a wound back and uh, adding one to the Warlord's Strength and Tax characteristic.
0: Which one? When, when you look at her data sheet with the four plus Invulnerable save, um, she has transhuman. Um, that's pretty damn strong. Yeah. Yep. She's good. Yep. So that's the that's the Warlord traits there. So
1: you've got the, you, the one bespoke one, which you can put onto any character, but then you've also got the uh, the who can take the, uh, the walk of many paths.
0: Yeah, and that's that's decent enough for him. Um, not the best. If he had, I, he, it would have been great for him to have uh, the unique Unari one. But oh well. Uh, should we have a look at the psychic discipline, the revenant discipline, on page twenty-three? Yeah. Yes.
1: So the first one is gaze if you need. So yeah, you've got six as per standard. Gaze you need is a witch fire. Gaze you need is a whip. Uh, is a warp fire. I'm tired. <laughs> as a warp charge value of six. If manifested, select one enemy unit within 18 inches of this Psyker and roll 1d6, subtracting two from the result if that unit had a starting strength of one or on a one or less, that unit suffers one mortal wound. On a two to five, that unit suffers d3 mortal wounds and on a 6 it suffers d6 mortal wounds
0: yeah so um, like previously you know I have decent mortal wound output they sort of have multiple um, sort of smite type options with this and storm of whispers uh, solid enough I'm not much of a mortal wound man for psychic powers but I know a lot of people do so if you yeah. want like a you know with uh the, the incarn and stuff like that you have a lot of potential mortal wound output especially when you look at it, its uh its sword which it ignores invulnerable saves so then you got uh the storm of whispers uh warp yep. charge value of six if manifested, roll 3d6 for each enemy unit within 9 inches of the Psyker for each 4+, plus, suffers a 1 mortal wound. That's pretty good. I like that ability.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's, it's pretty solid, that one. Uh, Word of the Phoenix next. A blessing, Word of Phoenix, is a warp charge value of 6. If manifested, select 1 uh, Franny Unari infantry unit excluding Wrath Constructs uh, within 6 inches of the Psyker. Uh, one of that unit's destroyed models, or D3, if the destroyed models, if that unit is uh, has the troops' battlefield role, can be added back to the unit with four wounds remaining. Uh, these models can only be set up with engagement range of enemy uh, units that are already within engagement range
0: of units that has already been uh, added back to. Yeah, very wordy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... The thing with the wraith constructs it's definitely a shame i I absolutely loved that and the fact that shining spears uh maximum unit size got reduced sucks uh skyweavers having like that sort of six man unit max as well kind of tough but I, i still think word of the phoenix is really good i think having like a big unit of jet bikes kiting around with a farseer um, I mean, the amount of wounds that Skyweavers have, for example, uh, is enough that they have like enough durability that you can keep regenerating units or, or uh, yep. models in that. I still think this is a great power.
1: Uh, it says there's, you know, infantry units. Only, oh,
0: so. damn.
1: Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, infantry units only. So uh, I can't think of any multi-wound ones other than the Wraith Constructs.
0: Maybe the Exarchs.
1: Yeah, that's about it really, isn't it?
0: Yeah, like if you were tanking on the Exarch, you could uh, bring it back to life. It's kind of cool, actually.
1: Yeah, that's probably <laughs> where I'd go with that, actually. Tank on the Exarch, bring the Exarch back in.
0: Yeah, yeah. Pretty nice, actually.
1: Uh, unbind Souls. Malediction Unbind Souls has a warp shard value of 6. If manifested, select one enemy unit within 18 of the psyker. Each time a Nari model from your army makes a melee attack, that targets, that targets that enemy unit, and a modified hit roll of a six automatically wounds that target.
0: Eh, yeah, not not wild about that.
1: No, yeah, you really need something with lots of attacks going out to make that really one worthwhile
0: yeah i guess like if you're targeting you know big tough things like i don't know some kind of dreadnought or a knight or something like that and you're like pouring like shuriken shots into it or something i mean it be potentially helpful but i don't know very niche cool so next one yeah shield of uh shield of iniad uh warp uh, warp charge value of 6. If manifested, selects one, one friendly Inari unit within 12 inches of this Psyker. To so the start of your next psychic phase, models in that unit have a 4 plus invulnerable save. This is a great ability. Uh, this is really, really strong. The warp charge is really basic, too. Uh, you know, warp yep. charge 6. I love this. I love doing this on um, like Wraith Lords. Uh, wraith yeah. blades with swords, Wraith Guard with Scythes or Cannons, Incubi, all sorts of stuff. I mean even just casting this on like a unit of Aspect Warriors or something like that due to changes in protect. Um, yeah. you know, cast this on a unit of shining spears, phenomenal.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think the, for me the Wraith constructs really really came
0: from this one. Yeah, I know you're definitely intrigued by playing actual Wraith Guard, not the Blades. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I like them. Just, uh, uh I'm going to be toying this week with putting them into Wave Serpent and then just shooting them at the board and
0: unloading and then sort of getting stuck in the middle there, really. Yeah, and I think that you could do some interesting things with, like, a big unit deep striking. Like, you could do, like, you know, six man unit, seven man unit, deep strike them in cast Shield of Inead on them and then cast uh, Will of Asurion, for example and all of a sudden their objective secured, 4 plus invulnerable save, it's a unit that can shoot into combat, so even if they get charged they have crazy staying power Yeah, you put them in cover as well and they just become so resilient Yeah, Uh, this is a great power and all the warp charges are very uh, modest on this uh, in this discipline, really good power and uh, then the final one, Ancestor's Grace. Warp charge seven. If manifested, like one friendly Unari unit within 18 inches of the Psyker. Until the start of your next Psychic phase, each time a model in that unit makes a melee attack, add one to the attack's wound roll. Really good power. This is a very good power. Uh, plus one to wound. Again, I'm thinking Wraith Guard, Wraith Blades. Really, really solid. So um, I like this power with... If rain, sort of doing Ancestors Grace, Shield of Iniad, um specifically targeting Wraith constructs. I think this is a yeah. really, really solid combo. Uh, thinking with the swords, too, all of a sudden you've got like the best of both worlds, crazy volume of attacks, four plus invulnerable save, uh, plus one to wound. And if you have any other psychers around, you cast even more buffs on them, and it's not that big of an investment. Because rain is actually really good. Yeah, yeah, she really is. Yeah, So, so for me,
1: overall, the, I think the the last two there, the Shield of You Need and the Ancestor's Grace, are uh, probably my go-to with the, the backup then of gaining models back um, situationally.
0: But uh, yeah, those those last two are probably my go-to of that, that list. Yeah, I didn't realize that about Word of the Phoenix. It's a bit of a shame. But, yeah, the last two, definitely worth it. I think those are go-tos with Evrain. Yeah. Cool. Should we, uh, I guess, go on to look at the data sheets then? Yes. Unfortunately, there's only three, but they're pretty solid.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I think they've had a nice buff, actually. And, uh, yeah,
0: I I think they're uh, they're just beautiful models as well. Yeah. I'm
1: hoping to, to get them out and play this week.
0: Yeah, definitely. I saw you sent me a picture of all your avatars ready for war the other day, and I was like, "Damn, <laughs> I painted ten damn incarns for the rest of the world, and I still don't have one."
1: Oh, mate! I can't believe that. It's
0: shocking. Yeah, yeah, I've got I've got uh, and uh, the Vizark. I got them off eBay. So, uh, but got to get the uh, got to get the old God of Death at some point. But yeah. Anyways, Ivraine. She's really good.
1: <laughs> A summary complete.
0: Yes, podcast over. <laughs> so she's movement eight, weapon skill, ballistic skill two plus, uh, strength three, toughness three, five wounds, four attacks, leadership nine, uh, six plus armor. But she's got uh, she's got rune armor as well. Uh, Sword of Sorrows is plus one strength, so she's strength four, minus three, two damage each time an attack made. Is made with this weapon of an unmodified hit roll of six target suffer suffers two mortal wounds and the attack sequence ends i think like a sort of thing with all all three of these characters is they have the ability to really bypass invulnerable saves so yep. you can make them and so it feels like they're doing like a lot of mortal wounds if you take all the sort of smite abilities with a brain all of a sudden she's sort of bypassing a vulnerable saves Left, right, and center. If you have all three of them on the board at the same time, which is not exactly a bad choice, you no. can ignore a lot of invulnerable saves and kick out a lot of mortal wounds. Yeah,
1: and then just to add in there, when you're using the warlord uh, trace in there as well, you're going to get the plus one to the strength attacks characteristic. Yep. So she's going to get to strength five and she's going
0: to have five attacks. Yeah, so she's sort of like an incubi, you know? She's, she's good. Yep. Um, Rune suit. Uh, model has a 4 plus invulnerable save. Each time an attack is made against this model, an unmodified wound roll of 1 to 3 uh, fails irrespective of any abilities that the weapon or the model making the attack may have. So she's transhuman. Really, really good. She's not quite a Phoenix Lord, but she's not far off. Yep. It's nice
1: that they've used different ways of making units more resilient. So I
0: appreciate that. I do too. There's like nice variety and uh, they feel like eclectic and there's a good, there's a good uh, spectrum between all of the characters. I think that's one of the big successes of this codex from, you know, Autark to Phoenix Lord. Each one of them feels really different. It has like a unique role. Yeah. Um, Herald of Inniad. each time a, Another Eldari model within six inches of this model is destroyed. Roll uh, roll a D6 on a four plus. This model regains one lost wound. If that other Eldari model was a Psyker, you could select one psychic power from the Revenant Discipline. Uh, Until the end of that battle, this model knows that psychic power in addition to any other it knows. I think this is actually really, really cool. Um, And Avrain is always going to want to be sort of in the heart of it, around other units. She's a buff character, and one that has some decent durability. So she's sort of gaining wounds all over the place. Really, really fluffy.
1: She's gaining one back at the start of the command phase, and then she's gaining one
0: every time uh, Eldar is pretty much dying around her, so that's great. Yeah, and the units... I mean, Eldar... Are still very close range like you know I know Shuriken fire like went up to 18 inches which is great um, but and you know the ranges extend out on the some of the other shuriken weapons but you're still in the heart of it with with them and this character so she should be around dying units especially considering how deadly this game is right now yeah absolutely and uh, Gearing's familiar each time a psychic test is taken for this model you can reroll that test really awesome i lamented the loss of runes of witnessing or whatever it was called from the eighth edition codex so she has it she's retained it so she's like an old she's like an eighth edition farseer in that respect
1: Yep. Yeah. it's just a really nice bonus isn't
0: it yeah really solid um and you know i don't have the sort of dice manipulation because they don't have strands of fate so nice little buff for the uh, Yanari Supreme Commander herself. Uh, I think Ivraena is really, really good. I don't think she's amazing, I don't think she's auto-include, but she brings a lot and there's a lot of... she brings a... she's a wild card. There's a lot of variability that can come into effect with her gaining gaining psychic powers, continually regaining wounds, she's a great caster, Uh, she's a great support character, she does a lot. She's good in combat. So
1: The only thing she doesn't do is shoot. So. But you
0: can use psychic powers to shoot as well if you wanted. Yeah. So Vrain, really, really solid. I have not run Unari too much since playtesting, but I have every intention of doing so, and she is definitely going to be in my lists. Yeah, I'm looking forward to giving her a go as well. Yeah, so overall
1: I think uh, it's a nice change there for her. One thing that really upsets me about this page, though, and I'm sorry for pointing this out, is that the when you look at the the, the stat line for the move, weapon skill, ballistic skill, strength, toughness, they're not aligned properly.
0: My God, slightly <laughs> off. Who hit the tab button while? <laughs> <laughs> Who did that? And on the Star Weaver as well. Why would you do that? Yeah, you know, this book just went from a ten out of ten to a seven out of ten. Shame, yeah. shame.
1: Who did that? <laughs>
0: Cool, should we move on to the Vizark? Yeah, Vizark. Um, I like this guy. Yeah, me too, me too. Take us into him, dude.
1: Yeah, so it's got uh, movement of eight, which you know, is faster side of uh, of uh, Eldari. Uh, Web skill two, blister skill two, strength toughness three, uh, six wounds, Beepie which is boy. unusual. Yeah, so most things only have five wounds, so he's got six wounds. Uh, it's got five attacks, and it's got leadership nine, and a two-up save. Love yeah. that two plus save. Yeah, because there's only three before, wasn't it? So that's uh, that's a nice boost for that. Uh, the sword uh, of silent screams, which I think, is always such a cool name. Yeah, um, is a plus two strength, minus four flat two damage. So it's essentially striking its uh, strength five each time a, an attack is made with this weapon on a wound roll of five, invulnerable saves cannot be made against that attack.
0: Yeah, four plus actually. Oh, so what did I say?
1: Uh, five. Oh, sorry, four plus. Yeah, four plus uh, cannot be made for that
0: against that attack. Really good. He's like kind of like a baby in Carn. Um, I think that is a really, really good ability. He's like a great duelist, which is unique. Like, I think they really captured the the flavor of the characters really, really well. Like the the Vizark is like somebody you don't want like fighting other. Um, HQ characters. I'm actually thinking like uh, especially like other Eldari characters. He's actually yeah. really really deadly against them because if you, if you don't have like minus one damage, this guy is pretty scary and um, Rolling four pluses, you know, it's not guaranteed, but I mean it's gonna come into effect
1: Well, the half the rolls you do should be a four plus So it's
0: uh, pretty useful. Yeah, and if you uh, it's not unmodified either so if you cast that abil- if you do that uh, Revenant Discipline ability, the last psychic power on that tree, you know, plus one to wound Yeah, could that's be triggering on threes yeah, that's nice
1: uh, so other abilities it have got, uh, got to mention it does, they, they do have Plateau Focus and Strands of Fate as well, so you're not losing that by going for the Unari. Yeah. Uh, he's, got a, he's got a four shield so he's got a four pin venerable save. He's, he's kind of like a minor phoenix lord that's kind of my, my feeling of this guy now he's not quite phoenix lord stats but he's not far off it yeah. uh, champion need each time another Eldari model within six inches of this model is destroyed roll a d6 and on a 4 plus that model regains one lost wound and if the other Eldari model was a character until the end of the battle Add one to the model's this model's attack characteristic.
0: Yeah, the uh, the Vizark, you know, the Vizark can really get after it if he survives. Um, yeah, and he should be in the heart of it. Like I think this is definitely like a sort of bubble hammer cast of characters, but I think you could actually get a lot of mileage out of these guys if you try to play to that. Yeah, yeah. Wh- why not? Uh, so it says, it's
1: got the uh, Way of the Blade, which is an aura, while a friendly Uca- Unari core unit is within six of the model. Each time uh, a model in that unit makes an attack,
0: reroll hit roll of one. Really good. Um, I, I think the fact that he can kick out that buff to all the Unari dudes is yep. is important, so you could have him around. You know, you know, it's like, I like this combination, too, uh, of like Wraith Blades and Harlequins going into a unit at the same time, and like yeah. we keep mentioning, uh, Wraith Blades Wraith Guard are really good in Unari because of the powers they have and the fact that you could they're going to have fights first. So, yeah. um, I think this plays so, so well.
1: The other thing factor in this is that if, uh, with the Yunari uh, trait itself, if uh, a unit has lost that one or two, um, models, then uh, they're going to have a weapon skill of two. So
0: essentially this is re-rolling all misses at that point. Yeah, I mean, unless you're rolling ones, you know, I mean, it's <laughs> it's great. And if, yep. when you look at the stratagems, too, for, like, bonuses to hit and whatnot, really good. I mean, I think you and Arya are good, especially when you start looking at their characters. The characters do a lot for them.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, and I say it's a lot, but I think it's a beautiful model as well. It's just one of those models I really want to get on the table and uh I think with this uh with this data sheet, I don't think it's top tier competitive. Uh but I think
0: it's uh competitive enough to play in
1: most games that you'll play.
0: Yeah, like he, he's cheap too. He's not that expensive. So if you take him you're not you're not putting yourself behind the eight ball and if you're intent on making the most out of him, he does stuff that the other characters don't really do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he he kind of bridges the gap, doesn't he, between, uh, I'd say, Autarchs and Phoenix Lords in terms of his power setting.
0: Yeah, he's a notch above the Autarchs, and the Autarchs aren't amazing, but he's a good, he's a a really good, he's above, I don't know exactly how I'd qualify it, but he's a really good combat character. He's tanky, as far as Eldari characters go, at six wounds with two plus armor. I think that two plus armor is huge. Um, Yeah. He regains wounds, so again he doesn't have the damage limitation. So if he's, you know, he, he might die if he got into combat with like another powerful combat character, but you know he should have the drop on most yeah. on most characters. So if you're going against um, line infantry, medium infantry, he's cutting through their invulnerable saves. He's regaining wounds. He's deadly enough. I think he's solid. Yeah, agreed and is that one final rule that he's got which is called uh, Warden
1: of Yvrain if, bat- if your army is battleforged if a detachment in your includes the Yvrain model this model may be in- can be included in that detachment without taking up a battlefield role. Uh, while friendly Yvrain model within 3 inches of this model that Yvrain model cannot be selected as a target of ranged attacks pretty good yeah yeah it, uh, it makes Yvrain more survivable and he is her bodyguard uh, it fits the fluff, uh, which I like. And uh, you're not taking up a, a slot as well, because so, you probably want to take the car as well, and it just gives you that a chance to take four HQs and a, uh,
0: a detachment if you're going for uh, uh, like a normal Italian. detachment. Yeah. Italian, yeah. yeah, so you can flex them in as a compulsory slot or not. And uh, I actually think that... that Shielding of rain, if you take the both of them, I think it's more than situationally beneficial if their screen gets wiped out. um, The Vizark with his two plus armor can sort of tank with six wounds, can tank bolter fire. So if you're going to take him out, you're going to have to use something better than just like, you know, a unit of like incursors or something double tapping into him. So solid enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh yeah, that's pretty solid. So, yeah, I like him and uh I'm definitely going to give it a go.
0: Yeah. Should we go to the boss? Oh, yeah, the big boss itself. <laughs> <laughs> Should I run through it? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, this one isn't aligned either. Oh, who does that?
0: <laughs> who does that? Come on, Eldar is all about beautiful symmetry. Come on. This is this is a book for people who are into aesthetics. Let's go, guys. <laughs> So, all right, Ian Incarnate, this is a big old data sheet. So it has a degrading profile. It's not a proper character anymore. Um, so top tier, uh, movement 10, two plus uh, weapon skill, ballistic skill, strength seven, really good. Toughness seven, really good. 12 wounds, really good. Six attacks, leadership 10, uh, three plus armor. All right, let's get into the weapons. Um, swirling soul energy. I actually think this is really nice. 6-inch yeah. range, salt d6, strength 7, minus 2, damage 1, and it's a flamer. Each time an attack is made with this weapon, that attack automatically hits the target. Found money. You didn't have this before, now you do. Uh,
1: and that ties in with the, the swirling energies one in the uh, on the abilities there as well. So, in your shooting phase, each time uh, this model is selected to shoot, if it's swirling Salt energy can target and resolve attacks against every eligible enemy unit. Each time this uh, model fires Overwatch, it only resolves the attack with this weapon against the charging unit. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah, so that attack is if if you if you can get this character down in the middle of lots of uh, enemy units, which is pretty possible, um, you can just do lots of attacks here with like a, a flamer weapon she's great
0: yeah it's like come at me bro <laughs> yeah in the, uh, in the spirit of all Eldar avatars <laughs> that's
1: awesome so I broke into your flow there so uh, back to the, the sword of uh, souls I
0: guess no it's, it's important those things like directly correlate so yeah so the, uh, the sword of souls amazing amazing so strength plus four so strength eleven minus four damage on piercing strikes this is. D3 plus three, it's a bright lance. Each time an attack is made against this weapon profile and vulnerable saves cannot be taken against that attack. This is so good. Yep. So it's the character killer that one right there, isn't he? Yeah, uh, demon princes, greater demons, all that stuff. The Incarn is going to town (laughs) with six attacks. Yep. Um, and then you got sweeping blow, user uh, strength, user minus four AP, one damage, double attacks. I mean, that is nuts. You know, twelve attacks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we stack that on top of a swirling soul energy. Really good horde clearance with the incarn.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's finally got some rules that actually uh,
0: make it worthwhile taking, though. Yeah. And we'll get into this when you, it's teleporting abilities stacked on top of the fact that this model has a four plus invulnerable save. Each time an attack is allocated to this model, half the damage cap, uh, half the damage characteristic of that attack rounding up. So just like the, like uh, it's big brother, half in damage, not quite as tough as the avatar of Cain, but really resilient. Yeah. Um, And let's go over inevitable death, because these are the headliners. Um, During deployment, you can set up this model in waiting instead of uh, setting it up on the battlefield. If you do so, when another enemy unit is destroyed, before removing the last model in that unit you can set this model up within 1 inch of that model if this model is on the battlefield when another unit is destroyed before removing the last model in that unit you can remove this model from the battlefield and set it up again within 1 inch of that model when setting this model when this model is set up in either of these ways it cannot be set to it cannot be set up within engagement range of any enemy models and until the end of that turn is not eligible to declare a charge or perform a heroic intervention what are your thoughts on this wes uh
1: for me this says that you want to be doing this when things are dying in your opponent's turn yep yeah now uh, i would i i think it's a bit of a miss not allowing it to do that in uh doing those the charge and heroic interventions uh I think it's a shame that sentence is in there. Me too. So I think that would, have, that would have made it an absolute stellar unit and it would have made a lot of fun. Uh, just the imagery of this popping out and then charging into things, I think that would be great.
0: I do too. And considering that this book is fairly restrained and that Yonari are fairly restrained, a really uh, pretty expensive demon prince tier model that had that kind of ability, I don't think is the end of the world. It's only toughness 7, 12 wounds. I know it has damage, but I don't know. I think that would have been fun. I think that would have been really, really fun because it's a gambler's unit. You have to chuck it into the middle of your opponent's army to get the most out of it. Yeah. Because the
1: at the moment it's potentially if it's stuff that's dying on your turn and you pop it somewhere, then there's a chance that it's just going to get stuck there and not do anything, you know, if you can't if you can't get within six and just do that swirling soul energy.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> that being said, so, I still think it's good.
1: Yeah, I, I, I do, I do. So I think, I think for me, uh, I wouldn't plan on using that ne- inevitable death all the time. I think for me, it's a case of when the opportunity arises, it's a really nice god gotcha you know, All of a sudden, a unit's died in your, your
0: opponent's turn
1: in the right place. You can't jump in there. That's just going to wreak havoc.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm thinking, like, again, Yanari is a turn two army. You're committed at turn two. So I would plan on using this thing in your opponent's second turn. And then from that point forward, the Incarn should help you close out the game. It's on the loose now. It's done its job, and the rest of your army should be committed in the middle of the board wreaking havoc yeah
1: and it's it's, it's not too uh, too bad a movement it's got 10 inch move which is not too shabby in the ground scheme of things either yeah and and it has the fly keyword as well so it can go over things too
0: yeah so speaking of sort of like battlefield uh, you know board presence and stuff like that I actually think this is a big deal too considering the unit sizes for Yunari when a friendly Yunari core unit is within 12 inches of this model each time a combat attrition test is taken for that unit, you could ignore any or all modifiers for the combat attrition test. I actually think this is a pretty big deal. I mean, it's not yeah. a big deal, but it's actually really, really nice. I, I I know people might scoff at this, but I actually liked in 8th edition when Eandon ignored, uh, you just automatically passed your yeah. uh, leadership tests, because I remember, just in my own personal experience, taking big units of Wraith Guard and, like, losing models on leadership tests. Like, that is a killer.
1: Yeah, it really is.
0: So, anyways, it's it's also a psychic. It can cast two psychic powers in your psychic phase and attempt to deny two psychic powers, which is a cut above the rest. It yep. knows Smite and all, all of the psychic powers from the Re, uh, Revenant Discipline. So... A little bit of a uh, sort of like Thousand Suns like Zinch type action there like you can just like whatever power you want to cast it can cast yeah, like, yeah it's really nice so, in fact I'd like to have seen a little bit
1: more of this throughout this book actually but it's it's really nice that uh, the Incarn has that
0: Yeah, the Incarn is really good it's yeah. really good and let's just go over their points super quick
1: yeah sure I, I think the incarns going to be really fun uh, you need to play uh play with and against so i think it's just gonna add a different dynamic to the game
0: i think it really suits your play style in particular like how excited are like like what are your thoughts on this because i think like these characters uh especially Evrain and ian karn are very west type units
1: so i i think overall at the minute my my thoughts on the yinari is that it's not gonna be people's first pick when they start going into the game because there's other sexier things to to be taken in terms of like power level wise, but I think once you get into what's available in the book and the the units and stuff you can pull together, I think there's some really cool stuff with the Inari. Yeah. And uh especially like uh the Incarn is the one that I'm really looking forward to, to playing because I think the skill level of actually using that in the right situation to move around the board and get into uh to get into place to cause absolute havoc on the the enemy is is, is huge. And then the psychic abilities, then, of just being able to go, okay, I'm just going to use this psychic power because ne- that's what I need to use right now. I think it's just really good.
0: Yeah, like, uh, at only 250 points, it's 20 points cheaper than the avatar. I think that Ian Karn is, like, good to go. If um, only, if uh, Rain's pretty expensive, 135, it's probably too much. 95 points for the Vizark is fine. He could take, like, maybe, like, a 5, 10 point drop, and he might be, you know, sort of like an auto include for Yanari. Um, but they're, they're fine. They're fine at the end of the day. I would love to see what Sean Naden is going to do with Yunari. <laughs> um, I feel like you and Sean definitely have like a, a similar type play style. And, oh man, if like Corsairs could be taken in a Yunari detachment, just... Just straight up, if they could be taken in a Unari detachment, take you say you take like you know three units of Harlequins, and then you took some Corsairs, and um, you load up, you you'd have so many options with the psychic abilities. I think that's going to be the, one of the secret elements of this: is the psychic flexibility on top of the variety of data sheets that you can take. I think. This is definitely like a thinking man's army but I think it has a lot of mileage.
1: Yeah, there's lots of there's lots of opportunities to unpick and uh, you know, select a really really solid army from this. Um, yeah, especially if you're going offensively like uh, combat style, then yeah, there's a huge bonus to this this
0: list. Yeah, there like I said, I didn't play a ton of them during playtesting, but that being said, I think you know, most people who are familiar with me know that I'm a huge, huge, huge Unari fan, and I'm I am excited to play them. I'm excited to play them with their actual characters and just see how far I can take them. So just in terms of my general excitement level, like I want to play like sort of pure Azuryani number one. Uh, yep. Either like Sam Han or the West Craft World combinations, the, <laughs> the Children of Open Skies and Swift Strikes, like those are the two I'm like the most excited about. Wraith Wraithhost uh, number two, and then Unari number three, and that's saying something considering the depth of this of this book. Uh, for any like real hardcore Unari fans, uh, if you're disappointed, I, I would I would ask you to just go play games with them. Because I yeah. think there's a ton of opportunity here.
1: Yeah, and it'd be interesting to see people's uh, experience with, with playing them as well, actually. If, uh, if they comment in the video below or come across the Facebook page and comment there about their experiences, I think it'd be really interesting to, to hear what people have done with them. Uh, I think you're not going to be a late grower. I think it'll be it's, it's a great opportunity for anybody to use them, because if you've got your craft worlds, at some point you add in one, two, three models, and you've got a completely different way of playing your army. So by just adding one character from Yunari into it,
0: then you've all of a sudden just you've got a different army to play at that point. I think so too. I think that's one of the really fun things they have done. I think um, like traveling players, I think it's a real I think it's a real great move in terms of making them more accessible as a faction. You could sort of experiment with the entire Eldari family and sort of find your way in terms of what direction you want to take your collection. So I think there's a lot there. Uh, Wes, I might be putting you on the spot a little bit, but what do you think are like some of the really good unit combinations uh, for Unr? if you need a second, I've got a couple.
1: <laughs> you, you hit some up and I'll uh, I'll come back at you.
0: All right. So I, I touched on it at the beginning of the show, but I actually think um, Rangers, Rangers, and Harlequins, uh, Harlequin players as a troop combination, excellent. Really, really excellent. Because what Rangers give uh, Harlequins is backfield scoring options and maneuvering options where it allows you to just be totally balls to the walls offensive with your Harlequins. You could just go in for the kill. You don't have to do any stupid retrieve Nachman data with like a unit of players or bikes or whatever. You could just have the Rangers going around doing shadow operations and all that kind of stuff. So that's like a really sort of crunchy ninth edition, just straight up winning games type move right there. Rangers, uh, Harlequin players.
1: Yeah, so uh, my, my thoughts are similar uh, in that for me, it's, it's all about building quite heavily on the troop elements of Yunari. So, yeah, starting with that core of rangers, maybe three squads of rangers, just doing like, those, those backfield objective roles, and then having things like... Uh, your Harlequin troops going up and then being assaulty and getting in the enemy's face at the same time being supported by things like Cabalite warriors yeah. in Venoms yeah. just shooting stuff up so it's, for me it's the, it's the three layered approach it's the backfield for the uh, the Rangers the sh- midfield shooting with uh, the Cabalite warriors and then the Harlequins getting in people's face so I think that's quite a lot to deal with uh, as an opponent when you've got those three sort of Offensive elements like mission scoring, shooting, and assault uh, threat that's coming up to you. People really
0: have to uh, deal with those three threats when they're playing against that uh, that list. Yeah, uh, I'd like to. We're going to do a, co- a collaboration show at some point with uh, Real Space Raiders, and like to see what a uh, gorgeous George and his his dreams of making a Venom spam list. Uh, I'd like to see what his thoughts would be on that because I, I'm sitting here staring at my Venoms right now, being you know, like, I'd love to drop these back on the board uh, again. I think I think there's some, some real play from like a maneuvering standpoint. Rangers, um, you know, Venom, you know, Venom Warriors and players. That's a that's a really good shout right there. Yeah,
1: just just having as many troop choices as you can take, and for me, especially when I think about it from a Drakari's perspective. I used to like playing lots of Venoms with Cabalite uh, with Warriors in them. So the struggle with that, though, is actually performing mission actions. When you can take it with Rangers, you're, you're kind of laughing, really. At the same time, when you've got the Harlequins players, that you can go shoot at the borders, then and have that, that pressure you can put on people as well. That's, uh, that's just really nice, too.
0: Yeah, and speaking of actions, uh, one of the other units that I think is really, really good for... Um, for Yunari is Dire Avengers. So, uh, one of their amazing abilities is, while this unit contains a Dire Avenger Exarch, if this unit is performing an action, it can still make attacks with ranged weapons without that action failing. Um, So, with uh, so many great troops choices for Yunari, you don't really care that Dire Avengers are no longer troops and dire Avengers are amazing in large size units in unari where they take like a few wounds when they drop um, and then they all of a sudden go up to ballistic skill two with their you know their 18 inch catapults assault three they still have access to all their great stratagems like I would take just a single unit of these guys and just go to town yeah uh
1: and I don't think that's the thing actually is that it's for me it's a it's a heavy interest, infantry list with just so many options available to it that it, you world to your oyster really in terms of where you want to go with that. But uh, flooding the board with infantry, that because it's 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 a mission game right now. So anytime you can have lots of things that can play the mission, it's it's only giving me more and more competitive that way.
0: Yeah, and Dire Avengers as a as a really potent offensive unit. It's not that expensive, and so just I'm just imagining like. Three units of Rangers, three units of players, one big unit of Dire Avengers, that's like four really, really solid scoring options. And yeah. with the players and the Dire Avengers with really potent offense, like high volume of really deadly offense with yeah. a suite of stratagems that amps it up like even further. So. Yeah things like fire dragons
1: wall will be pretty useful
0: because you can bring them in,
1: shoot things, uh, at vehicles, because you can use the, um, there's a stratagem that uh, the web wave stratagem allows you to essentially to deep strike them anywhere on the board. Uh, at of nine inches, you can come in, blow vehicles up. You're probably going to lose them, but you've got psychic powers that can uh, get someone more back into the fray again afterwards. So, yeah. yeah I just think there's some really nice uh, game management. It's, I think you really have to know all the units, their strengths and stuff, you know, I think you can have a, a field day with Sorry.
0: Yeah, and we've we've said it before, it's going to be the refrain is it's it's about data sheets with these guys, with uh, Codex Eldari, it's about data sheets, it's less about stratagems, it's about unit combinations and not overlapping traits and aura abilities and all that stuff. Like that stuff is there. It that's yep. like the more like higher level thing. But the the, the broader depth of it is in the data sheet combinations and Unari thrive with those data sheet combinations. So um we will definitely be doing a Unari deep dive, especially once we start getting out into the wild and playing more games with the actual printed codecs. Yep. So um this is not like our final pass with Unari, and plus they have a lot of really fun crusade content too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, I, th- I think that's probably uh, time for me today, and uh, I've got uh, dad duty to begin with now, so I think next time we'll, uh, we're will we going to look at Harlequins, I think, and touch on the uh,
0: the questions that people have put on the Facebook page.
1: Yes, you
0: know, Wes, it's about being a dad, only in death does duty end.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certainly, certainly wasn't happy before we went to bed, so... Uh,
0: <laughs> So, all right, guys, well, we will be back very, very soon. Uh, Can't wait to talk to all you guys again and continue to explore this amazing codex. So hope you guys enjoyed the Unari coverage. Harlequins, I know people are going crazy about them. We will join in the craziness next time around. And uh, looking forward to answering your questions. So if you have any more, Uh, Put them in the pin thread on the Facebook page, and uh, we will talk to you guys all very, very soon.
1: Oh, in fact, while I think about it, if uh, Ghost of the Webway, I did a uh, a chat with those guys. Um, Kit, he's got a YouTube channel, Ghost of the Webway, and I did talk about Harlequins the other day. So uh, go check him out.
0: Uh, He's got some great content. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that because I have a major hobby session queued up right after this. While I was rebooting my computer, (laughs) I put all my hobby stuff out. So yeah, go check out Kit's YouTube channel. Um, and we're going to be doing a bunch of collaborations uh, with uh, all the traveling Eldari players across the webway. So, uh, Can't wait look for it. Yeah, look forward to that, guys. And we'll talk to you all very, very soon. See you soon.